how did you even know that shit? <laughs> I didn't even know I didn't click nothing. He said, I didn't see the conversation. I would have went back so upset. All right, shit. Wake your butt up! Leafy head, wake up. Wake up, Mr. West! Wake up, Mr. West! Mr. West! Mr. West! Mr. West! Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? My name is Hobson Randall McCain III. And I am Kermit Ray Thomas Jr. And we are bringing you episode three of season two of Woken Wrestlers. Uh, how you doing, Kermit? I'm straight, man. How you doing? I am doing well. Um, as you guys know, it is Black History Month now for seven days. Um, so this is going to be a special episode. We got a couple of guests with us today. Um, got my boy Brandon and King. Um, y'all want to introduce yourselves? Of course. My name is um, Brandon Leakes. Um, I went to Lehigh University. I work as a graphic designer for a company called Sports and Specialties. Um, and I own a business called The Gifted Travel. And I'm 26. Okay. Big time, big time. Uh, I'm Marquee. Hey, that's still big time. You feel me? That's still big time. I'll do uh, much. Um, yeah you know people dying and shit but we appreciate y'all for um coming on coming on the show um this week we're going to be just having four black men talk about blackness and being a black man in 2021 um we're going to be making a little bit of shift you know we still going to have our politics um intertwined within everything but we're going to do a lot of um you know exploration of social um and societal um, conflicts and issues and stuff. Cause like we that. can breathe. Yeah. You know, we can breathe. We, don't, we can breathe. Trump, you know, Trump ain't out here destroying the planet every goddamn week. Like <laughs> we don't got, you know, so it's like, there's not no breaking news every week because mm. Joe Biden is just doing what presidents do, you know, mm, you just, know, just got regular, the- regular, regular shit, you know, passing bills, <laughs> saving lives, <laughs> all that regular shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so for our icebreaker, um, Usually when we have guests, we do a little icebreaker. So this one is going to be, what is one thing that you learned about Black people outside of school? Um, I'm not going to start because I didn't think about it. I know I told y'all to think about it, but I'm going to start with somebody else because I haven't thought about it. So, Kern, you go ahead. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, so uh, I got I got, I got, got two, that, and they both have to do with some okay. But I guess, I guess you wouldn't learn this in school at all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by Martin Luther King Jr. I didn't learn that he uh, cheated on Coretta until I was a full grown man. And then also, uh, also that he wasn't at, and this is a bigger deal for me, that he wasn't uh, at the March on Selma on Bloody Sunday. I did not learn that at school. What? Yeah. Oh, Who you didn't know you that? that? That's, that's going to be mine too. Oh, uh, no. Uh, so uh, I, I think I just learned that uh, during research, but uh, MLK was not there, bruh. That march was organized by a black woman named Amelia Boynton, and they did the march, and she is the one that led the march. MLK did not come till the day after everybody was beat wow. up. Wow. 
So he ain't yeah. even okay. Well, I mean, we're not gonna talk talk down. No shade. No yeah, shade no, no, no shade though. He's he's still doing a lot. That's why I promise you, I had no idea. That I definitely, I definitely, I feel like I. That's like the Mandela effect. I def, I feel like I seen pictures of him there, but <laughs> I guess not. He's stupid. Um, Keem, you got one. Um, I would say that like the hierarchy of like the Caucasian people are just better. Like, so like, I mean, that's like, like middle school, I didn't really focus on it. Like, I wasn't. Um, it wasn't something you thought about? Yeah, until like, like, well, I guess you didn't really learn it in school. Like, my mom explained it to us, and then like, I got to high school, and it was like, oh, this is what she was trying to warn me about. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably my biggest thing. That was like a huge, like three hundred and sixty. Like, just like these white people are really out here wilding. They're really not not great. Um, Brandon, you got one? Um, yeah, I didn't learn much any black history in school, unfortunately. Um, black in school, they, I mean, they preach Martin Luther King, but other than that, like, I don't think you get much. Um. I can honestly say that a lot of my black history that I learned was outside of school. Um, Malcolm X wasn't a school thing for me. Malcolm X was outside of school. I learned that Malcolm X and I have the same birthday. That's oh. lit. That's lit. Wait, wait, and and then just for the people's knowledge, where'd you grow up? Like, where'd you grow up in high school and stuff like that? Just so I went to high school in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, high school right. called High School. Um, and it wasn't like you know, it wasn't one of those environments where it seemed like the teachers were trying to hold it back or anything of that sort. It just literally was not in the curriculum. Like it wasn't designed to be in there. It wasn't designed to be in there. Yeah, that's, that's you know? good. We're gonna, we we definitely gonna talk about that. Yeah, later. we'll talk about that. But my teachers were good people, but it just wasn't in the curriculum. Yeah, they you know, it wasn't in the books like that. They wasn't instructed. various reasons, it. right? So. Um, yeah, so 100%. Um, so I guess it's my turn now. Um, just like Brandon, I didn't learn too much about Black history um, in school. Most of mine came from my parents. Um, but one thing that, um, oh, that Abraham Lincoln, uh, he, he actually wrote um, or said, like, if he could have saved the Union without freeing the slaves, that he would have. Um, that was like, that was one of the first ones that really started making me dig into like, all these white people that they're glorifying and making seem like great people and all this. Um, and, you know, he did sign a paper that emancipated the slaves, but he was like, bro, if I could have done this without freeing them, I would have, but that's the only way. Um, oh, absolutely. That's a good one. Yeah. So when I, when I learned that, I was, I was like, Oh, so this, this white man wasn't that great of a person at all. <laughs> I was like, so he was just, he was really just a, a regular regular white man. that was using logic and said, huh, I guess we can't do that no more. Damn. um so yeah great start um we appreciate again we appreciate y'all for uh coming on the show and being our guest this week um like i said before it's black history month um the shortest month of the year because you know what what else what else would they give us um but it's black history month um the origin of black we're gonna give a little bit of background history um just for people that don't know a little bit of education for y'all um, but the origin of Black history came, uh, it was Negro History Week by Carter G. Woodson. That's my boy, Brandon. That's Brandon's peoples. Um, <laughs> uh, 
he, he made he made sure to make that uh, very known. But Carter G. Woodson was a Harvard um, Harvard educated um, black man in 1915, I believe, um, is when him and Jesse E. Moreland, who was a reverend, um, they they put together the idea, uh, put together an organization that was focused on um, documenting and teaching people about the accomplishments of black black folks. Um, that's that was in 1915, and so. It started off as Negro History Week, and that caught um, you know momentum during some schools would start talking about it. And then in 1976, it became um, the official Black History Month in February. And I believe they um, they they put it as the second week. Negro History Week was the second week of February because that coincided with Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Um, and so that that's why February, I guess, was the month. Um, so maybe it wasn't the white people's fault. It was just a happenstance. Um, but first, my first question is just like, in y'all's lives, what has been your experience during Black History Month, like in school, um, outside of school? Like, do y'all have like, you know, does your family go all out for Black History Month? Is it like a big thing for y'all? Or is it just like February, you know? We can start with anybody. It depends on like where you're at for me. Like I hated it in school. Like I hated history period in school. Like I, the the idea of like every year around this time, we're going to talk about slavery, right? And then they would have us do like, they had us do like uh, read like poems and then try to get us to like dissect it and all, like all this stuff. And you just be looking at them like, I don't, what do you want me to dissect from this? Like, like that you don't already know. Yeah. And there's like also the side of like, like my family, which is like, we don't really sub, we don't, it's not really a, a celebratory thing because it's like we celebrate your, our, our, our heritage and our culture every day. So, yeah. But I hated it in school. I hate, I hated, I hated it in school. I hate Black History Month in school, like all together. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, no, that's kind of that's kind of how I felt coming up. Like, it seemed um, it seemed just kind of like a, a show, like a like a, a spectacle for like white people to acknowledge that there were slaves at some point in this country, and then you know Abraham Lincoln freed them, and then Martin Luther King came and did some good stuff in the '60s, and then you know that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, nah, I think I would I would completely agree with that categorization. Um, I mean, y'all gotta remember too, Obama became president, so that became part of Black History Month too, celebrating that. Uh Obama and Michelle. Yeah. Um, so you know, appreciate it. Uh there were were there discussions about anything else? I'm trying to think. Uh Clarence Thomas was mixed in there. You, uh you talked about Clarence Thomas in school? I, I they mentioned him. We didn't talk about him. They mentioned him as like the first black uh, Supreme Court justice. Um, so I mean that was nice. Um, uh, we did learn about um, Eli Whitney, the nigga who made the, the cotton gin. Yeah, Eli Whitney. We learned about him. Um, oh yeah, we did. One, uh, oh guys, uh, Booker T. Washington. Um, uh, not really much about Booker T. Washington except for you know Tuskegee, uh, but that yeah. was it. It was Booker T. Washington started a school. Uh, George Washington Carver. Yes, sir. 
Um, and uh, that was always like mixed information. Like I remember as a child thinking he created peanut butter, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was. Did it like did did that it did it get like what the the amount of stuff they talked about did it get less and less the older you got because for me like by the time I was a senior we didn't really talk about anything during Black History Month like it was just like it was a thing we went to the, we went to the, the auditorium they did like a little you know play and all that and then that was about it that was about yeah. that was about all they got in <laughs> like, you know, in high school our classes were a lot more like specialized. So like, you know, I was taking like world history at one point and for black history month, like, you know, we, we had a class on American history and you know, that's where they talked about slavery and stuff like that. And world history was just like, yeah, those black, you know, black people are in the world, but it wasn't, it just wasn't like a focal point. You know, it was just kind of like, Hey, it's black history month on February, you know, February 1st or 2nd, the first day, you know, you go to school in February and they're like, happy black history month guys. And there would probably be like a little uh, pre-show, or, you know, like the morning shows they they do. There'd probably be like a little clip or slideshow talking about, uh, you know, showing some famous Black people. And then that would really be it. Um, and that's interesting that you said that, because I do feel like the when we were younger, they they talked about like events, more, you know, like, like actual events more. Um, and even in college, like, I don't even... And me and Brandon went to the same school, but I, I don't remember nothing about Black History Month in college. Right? No, nah, they just trying to move it to the back. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> I think they intentionally try to move it to the side a lot of times. And the reason why is because it's it's empowering, right? So they don't they don't really want that. Yeah. Um, I also feel like for me in school, again, Black History Month wasn't huge. Um, as Holly mentioned, you would have, you know, maybe a mention of it here or there, but they would just continue the curriculum. And that's just kind of how it went. Yeah. Um, Black History Month was bigger for me because I went to a church that was black and they had, um, they had like a summer camp and they had after school programs and all of that. So when I would go there after school, when I would go there from time to time, they actually had an African-American bee that they made us all join um, for maybe one or two Februaries. It wasn't many, but that's why I learned about, you know I mean, the Carter G. Woods and the Thurgood Marshalls and I mean, the Malcolm X's and Martin Luther. That's where I kind of got a majority of my knowledge from and it just kind of you know they planted the seed and then I just kind of ran with it um as I got older but as far as in school no it's interesting that you said um that that it's empowering because Carter G. Wilson and Jesse E. Moreland when they started Negro History Week and the organization that they started I, I need to look up what the organization was called um but um anyway when they started it it was to talk about the achievements and like contributions that black people have made to society, right? To educate people on what black people had done that was positive. And I feel like once we got to school, it was more so about like, y'all were slaves at one point and now you're not, congratulations. You know, like it wasn't, it wasn't about like, you know, except for like, you know, uh, uh, George Washington Carver made peanut butter, which, you know, isn't the reality of what happened. <laughs> And like, you know, like Eli Whitney made cotton gin so that the slaves didn't have to work as hard when they were picking the cotton, you know? Like How wild is that? How wild is that? Like, that's the curriculum, bro. Like, hey, yo, I know y'all thought it was real bad for the slaves, but then a black man came and made it a little easier. Yeah, so right. now we only whipped them if they weren't using the cotton gin faster. 
Bad if they weren't. I, I had that's teacher. I had this white teacher tell us uh, it wasn't too bad for the slaves because they had like the the owners would give them places to live. Like so, it wasn't like they were just living on the street. They had places to live. Right. I, I, like Black History Month used to be wild every single time. Just did like, you see? Did you see? The, um, <laughs> did you see the the police captain and um, we posted it on the page? But there was a there was a police chief in South Georgia who was talking with one of his officers before a Black Lives Matter thing, and they was talking about how they didn't understand why the niggas were so upset, and like they were like. Um, you know, I don't think it was that bad of a gig. You know, they gave you free free room and board, fed you, and all they expect you to do is work. And now we're giving them all that stuff and they don't even have to work for it. And I'm like, bro, yeah, this yeah. really, this is really what, like, this is really that what these people think. <laughs> like, well, that, that's, how, that's, how, that's how a lot of people still think, should I say. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of that comes from the, the limit of, uh, or the limiting of the curriculum. Um, and I, you know, I actually got a, I saw one of my, one of my frat brothers is a teacher in DeKalb. And he said that for their curriculum on Black History Month, they're, they're allowed to talk about Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's what, that's what the curriculum is. Abraham Lincoln, they man. <laughs> and, and I'm like, that, that, that like narrows down Black history to like two, like, four or five year periods where two people were doing something like these aren't the only two people in, you know, what about there's, there's just like so much that black people have done and, and contributed that is not focused on one black trauma. And like, um, not, not to say that we don't need to learn about that. We definitely do. Um, but the, the, the origin of Black History Month and Negro History Week was to celebrate the accomplishments. And I feel like, um, and Brandon, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I believe you know a little bit more about, um, you know, at least Carter G. Woodson for sure. Um, but I feel like a lot of that was so that, um, you know, one, Black people would be, be educated and know, have pride in themselves. And then two, so that white people would also be like, yo, you know, Black people, contrary to what y'all are being taught, black people have been contributing and have been, um, you know, at the forefront of American progress since the inception of this country, mm -hmm. you know? No, that's a fact. But at the same time, like I said before, the goal is to keep you in a state of mind where you don't know that, you know what I mean, your people, people that look like you really kind of build everything up. You know what yeah. I mean, that you build things up without expecting anything in return. Um, you know what I mean? The integrity, the, the grit it took to just do those things in general. So I feel like at the end of the day, that's why we don't learn about it. That's why it's not taught. Mm -hmm. um, because when we realize who we are, they know they're in trouble. <laughs> and that's the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's really what it is. So, yeah, but you're spot on. Yes, you're correct. I, yeah. I will add to, to Rakeem's bit too. Uh, the older I got, the less significant it was in school. Uh, I, I think in terms of talking about education or educational spaces, as mm -hmm. much as we do not learn as children about Black History Month, Black History Month is for children, right? The, the, the minimum, the miniature amount of things that I do know, I learned what well, I did know, I'm sorry. I learned in like elementary school and maybe middle school. Mm -hmm. uh, in high school, it was over with. Like Black History was the adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. And 
Um, that was it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, and To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, uh, and that was it. And both of those stories centered white people, right? Yeah. Um, I, like we never talked about anything outside of that. When I got to college, um, however, uh, it wasn't that Black History Month was a big deal for faculty and staff. Black History Month was a big deal for the the young black women who led our black student union. Mm-hmm. So when Black History Month rolled around, they were consistently doing things to highlight the effectiveness um, of black people on American history. So I ended up learning more from their proactive proactiveness about black people in general, uh, which also kind of put me in a space where I had to start doing research on my own. But I ended up learning more about that as an older person um, than I had ever had the opportunity to learn based on them, you know, pushing the ball forward. So. That's spot on. That's how I broke down for me. That's spot on. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I had the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, um, it's Black History Month, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to figure out my transition. How I'm about to, you know, link all this shit to <laughs> black men and black women. It's February. Yeah, it's February. Uh, Kerm just said black women. And we're black men, so let's transition. <laughs> um, but no, nah, for real, um, y'all look into the, the the shit that you know the mainstream everybody don't talk about. But y'all know that you know y'all y'all been with us for a minute, so um, we expect y'all to be better than the average um, folks. But anyway, um, the the basis of the or the, the backing of this show is black men talking about. Um, one, our blackness, our experiences being black, um, how we view the world as black men. Um, and I think one of the, I mean, not one of the, but, um, you know, arguably, I'd, I'd say the most um, relatable group or the, the group that can relate to us most in our feelings would be black women, right? Um, mm-hmm. Would be, um, you know, our female counterparts, the, the ones who have been with us the whole time and experienced all this shit the same way. And to Kerm's point, um, you know, with the black women leading the student union and leading that effort to um, educate and bring forth, uh, you know, a higher level of knowledge about black history um, on his specific campus, black women have also been prominent in um, black history, although they aren't as, you know, vocally talked about. Especially in school, especially in, um, especially when you think about shit like MLK was not there on Bloody Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, it like, was actually like a black like, woman who did that. And, and, and it, remind me again her name, Kerm, because I literally have never heard that ever before. Her name is Amelia Boynton. I promise you, you can look it up. It don't, so don't get me wrong. There were black men definitely there. There were black men a part of the leadership at the march. The person who put that march together, the organizer who put that march together. And and uh, was at the forefront of that march was a black woman named Amelia Boynton. So one, I mean, that's just wild. But uh, I mean, because I like I, I'm still kind of like wrapping my head around the fact that Martin Luther King didn't had no part in that. Um, but um, the point being, black women have been <laughs> leading and um, you know contributing. Um, for as long as we've been here, what what do y'all feel like, or how do y'all view black men and black women's relationship in 2021? Like, that's just a very <laughs> general, general question. 
<laughs> he asked the deep oh. one. Really? Bro, that's that's the, bro. That's are we gonna get into it. Or are we gonna get into it? Like, <laughs> oh boy, who wants to start? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you start that one. I gotta start. Um, ask you one more time. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. So, what what do y'all think about the current standing of black men and black women's relationship in 2021 as a whole? Hmm. Okay. Sound like sound like Brandon want to kick us off. You want me to start? <laughs> That's what it is. You said okay. You said All you right. said like you had processed you, you it. You had thought okay about it. You had, you I okay, a, and uh, you asked him to repeat the question. I swear you was about to go into <laughs> because it's a lot, bro. Like that's that's a that's a heavy that's a heavily loaded question. You feel me? Like um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say my piece now, and then I may come back in after everybody else says theirs. So I still gotta process some of it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the relationship is very. What's the word I'm looking for, man? I feel like the relationship is at a point where I feel like we're coming together in a lot of spaces, but I feel we're also separating. And I feel like the powers that be are attempting to separate us. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like, well, let me just be honest. I feel like there are a lot of black black women that are really thorough, really solid. Um, You know, as far as business, I love the fact they're growing in business. I love the fact that they have this hustler mindset. I love that, me personally. Um, but I also feel like, um, there's been a lot of separation between a black woman and a black male as of late. Um, I feel like that's really dangerous. Um, and it's a lot. I mean, you're dealing with, you're dealing with, you're dealing with some women who just want money, right? You're dealing with some women who just want to be taken care of. I personally don't like that. I don't agree with it because I know how my mom is. I mean, how my mom is. And she doesn't, she won't ask for anything. You know what I mean, she mm-hmm. works all the time. She gets it, she gets to the money, she flips it. My pops is solid too. So it's not a fact of him not being there. You know what I mean? They're both really solid. Um, but at the same time, I feel like there has to be a common ground and we have to get back to that common ground and uniting. And right mm-hmm. now we're really separate because of a lot of things, because of relationships, because of, um, you know, us acting a fool, them acting a fool. Yeah. <laughs> want to do our thing, don't want to do their thing. Um, but I feel like there also has to be a mutual respect and understanding that, you know, we can have our disagreements just like a family, like people in my family. I can talk to people in my family certain ways. I can say certain things to people in my family. Um, but at the end of the day, if somebody outside the family says something, then we got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> feel me? Yeah, I feel like that's how it is. Um, and I feel like we are at a position where we're really we're close to breaking. We're not breaking yet, but. We need to kind of bring this thing back in a little bit. We can have our arguments and discussions and debates or whatever, but now we're starting to get a little out of hand because I, me personally, I see a lot of separation. Mm. Um, and I feel like the people who want us to be separate are just sitting back and like, yeah, y'all do y'all's thing, y'all, <laughs> y'all got it. Yeah. You know what I mean, so um, that's kind of my original, those are my original thoughts when you bring up that subject in particular. Copy, copy. So. Uh, I know. For me, I'm I am dissatisfied um, with our relationship with Black women. Um, I, I think, to Brandon's point, there's a there's a lot of room and necessity for healing and like growth. And um, you know, I don't. It, it's for me. It's like, how does that begin, right? Like, how do 
how do we start that process? Um, but I guess to answer the question, like I, I just I feel like we're um, we're we're we are commonly united when there's a visible enemy, right? Um, so like when we were having the Black Lives Matter protests and stuff like that, black people was like, yo, we you know, we're riding for each other. If, you know, if we gonna burn, you know, tear down the city, we gonna tear down the city, but we gonna do it as one. And we can get into like, well, never mind. I don't want to even preface that. Um, but, you know, like, but we were with each other, you know, like we were like, yo, this is how we're going to get shit done. And people were moving as masses, you know, we were moving as a unit. Um, and then that shit started dying out. And, you know, I remember um, we posted, we posted a, a something about um, a Breonna Taylor statue had gotten vandalized. Um and and there were men commenting like this uh, like a, a ugly a ugly ass statue or something like like why they why they play her like this or something like that because the statue I guess they didn't think it was accurate or something but it was just like a lot I saw that and then I saw a lot of black women coming at their necks and then they were like yo no nah, I'm not saying like she shouldn't have a statue or something I'm just saying like they did her dirty when they made it, you know, like that, that's not an accurate representation of her. So I feel like that kind of highlighted the disconnect. Like, yeah, the niggas was doing it in a clown, like they was like laughing, like they was like, yo, why they, you know, like they, they was doing it in a way that wasn't like, yo, why they do my sis like that? You know, like that's not how they presented the question, but that was, that apparently was the intent behind their comments, right? All about the delivery. Bro. Yeah, and I feel like there's a disconnect um, between a lot of uh, black men. I don't. I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't want to say too much. I want to let the conversation kind of grow a, a little bit more. But Kermit, Kermit King, do y'all have any any input into the into the initial? I'm, I always come from the point of like the dis. I feel like the disconnect between black men and black women come from a lot of areas outside of like our control mm -hmm. um that's even like coming from like high school like colorism like seeing like going through high school and seeing that become bigger and bigger and bigger like until it's like it's like now embedded but like uh, for me it's always coming back to to the like I, I i think like for black men i think we are uh visual learners like the fact that we don't have uh like cartoons that represent us and like all those necessary like small things like you you would think like super small i think that matters a lot more for black men also like going through school like hearing that you were owned like they don't necessarily they talk about slavery but they don't really they don't talk about women in slavery in school mm -hmm. like it's it's i feel like a lot of the disconnect black men have come from just them not caring anymore and it, it comes from a lot of different avenues and places and how things are. I do think black women are stronger than us mentally in, in dealing and being able to move forward. I do think that, I think it's, it's for black men, it's easy, like the statue thing, it's easy to troll something. Like that's something that's really huge in the black men 
community right now. It's like everything's everything's a joke. Like everything can be a joke as long as I make it a joke. It's a joke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I think I, I, I think the disconnect it comes from a different a lot a lot of different places. A, a lot of different places. Even the disconnect with black women, like now dealing with a society like we are changing. So things like dating, it's not going to be the same. We've growing up, we've never really seen like like abundance of like uh like a fairy tale like relationships and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh so but we we never really experienced that and we I don't feel like we're ever gonna experience that just because where we are in society now, like Tinder and stuff. So I gotta be explained to people like, yeah, you're gonna go on a lot of bad dates on Tinder, but you're also like pulling from like the whole world at this point. So like the amount of bad dates you're gonna go on doesn't necessarily correlate like, oh, all this group of black men are, are shit. No, it's 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 really like you're pulling from a, a really, really big group, like because you're in that space. Yeah. Um I mean just I just think like being able to talk and actually go through things and understanding how things work would tremendously help like the black community and understanding like where we where we come from and where we're going and how things work but i don't think that necessarily gets across because with you when you have white people telling you or telling us or teaching us or all those other things i don't i don't think it necessarily comes across as oh this is real all right Kern, bring us home. Man, you know how I feel. It's all niggas' <laughs> fault. You said it's no, niggas' I mean, fault. It's niggas. I like, listen. I think that in reality, when we talk about like when we talk about, um, I've had this conversation conversation with y'all before, very candidly. I think I think us as niggas got to do better, right? I'm not I'm not one of them people. Um, I, I, I'm not really one of the people to be like, everybody got to figure it out or everybody got, I think in terms of when we talk about history of black folks, I think we can uh, say in so many different ways, uh, in so many different type of narratives that the the push, the push, am I trying to say the pushes? The, um, the push forward that has happened on behalf of black people has come like at the expense of uh, certain groups of black people uh, even though they are doing the work for the push forward, right? Mm-hmm. Black men, we always benefit from progress. We have never not benefited from progress. That has not been the case for black women. That's not been the case for black trans folks. That's not been the case for black uh, gay folks. That is, that's, it's just not universal in that sense. So when we're talking about whose problem it is, when we're talking about who needs to make a correction in terms of our, in terms of our relationships, if we look at what we have, uh, it is because of them. Right is because of their sacrifices. So therefore, in terms of like, I right, who can give more in a universal type of view? Who can give more? It's us. It's I. I just don't see that it breaks down any other way. It's us. And um, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Right. No, yeah, go so ahead. to the to to that point, um, I think that so like with the the rise of feminism, the LGBTQ movement, um, I think black men have seen ourselves go from the ones who are trying to be liberated, you know, whether, you know, whoever's organizing the the movement for black liberation, you know, black men, black women, both of us together, like we have gone from the ones who are 
fighting against the oppression to potentially, you know, the ones who are now perpetuating the oppression, right? So now, you know, the the feminism movement has black, you know, black women saying, yo, black men, you're doing this and this and this that makes us feel like we're oppressed, right? And black men are like, you know, bro, we, we are the next, like, what do you mean we're oppressing people? You know, like, it's kind of like a, a fight back against that um, idea because we fought oppressive oppression for so long that we do not want to, like, we're resisting the idea that we could be a part of the oppression. And I also think that the patriarchy, the, the natural patriarchy that is entwined in American society also, you know, compounds upon that, that, that point, right? Like that, because, you know, when they said all men are created equal, they originally meant white landowning males, you know, like not white men, not white men and white women, not white men and black men, just white landowning males. Then, you know, white women, well, then, then they let black men become a three fifths, you know, like we was three fifths of a person. Um, but, you know, black women, white white women had power because of their association with white men, but black women did not have power because of their association with black men. And that's not our fault. That's because of the, you know, the way that our society was built, but they didn't have that, that come up to Kerm's point. Like as progress happened, uh, at, when black men were allowed to vote, black women were not allowed to vote. When white men, white women got the, the um, right to vote, Black women didn't get the right to vote. You know, like all of this, Black women get the, um, you know, they get like the, the slowest progression of change, right? And I think that in 2021, Black women have, have not only recognized it, but they're being vocal about it. Um, and that is hard. You know, I think it's, for me, like when, when we have these conversations, it's, it's sometimes hard for me to be like, okay, you know, like maybe I, you know, maybe I am perpetuating some of this, you know, oppressive behavior, right? Like maybe where, where in my life am I doing this and where could I be better, right? Like that's a hard thing for us to wrap our heads around because we're still fighting for our own oppression, right? Like we're still focused on how white men are oppressing us, how white women, um, you know, use their association with white men to oppress us in a, and, and even, you know, liberal white people, like how they use their position to validate themselves, but not bring any actual change to the people that they say that they're trying to help, right? Like all of that is stuff that black men are actively fighting. And now we're also being asked to look at things from that different lens. Does that make sense? I, think, I mean, no, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't disagree with you. I, uh, and y'all feel free to come at me because I, I, I know myself and I know that I'm harsh. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, I think even if in terms of having that conversation, I think I would offer some more credence to that as not that you're saying that you are using it as an excuse. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I would offer more credence to that as an excuse if the people that weren't leading those initiatives were were uh, if they were black men and, and not black women. So mm -hmm. if the argument is, is that like black men are fighting against the oppression that we receive from uh, white men and white women, uh, I mean, that holds weight, in, I, I guess, in theory, but the reality is the people that are leading those initiatives to fight against the oppression that black men receive at the hands of white men and white women are black women, right? I, mean, so I, was, I was talking more, so, 
I was talking more so from like an internal like. No, I completely. I know. I'm. I completely understand. I'm saying in terms of challenging that in general. I completely get what you're saying. I'm saying challenging that narrative in general is simply that like if you look next to you, if you if you pay attention to who put together the march that you're at for Tamir Rice or Trayvon Martin or um, uh, George Floyd, it's a black woman, right? Why if you that? pay attention to, huh? Why is that? I, I go. Somebody was talking. I don't want to. Was somebody talking? Why, I said, why do you think that is? Why do you think, think it's not a black man that's leading that, and it's black women that are leading? I think uh, so. So in circles that I've been, we've had a, a couple of conversations, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's this, there's this narrative. There's this idea that black women are in positions where they choose uh, being black over being women, right? Like they don't fight for for issues for. Uh, that like uplift all women. They fight for issues that uplift black women uh, and, and or they fight for issues that uplift black people. If they have to choose between what they're gonna uh, like fight for that day, it's gonna be their blackness over being a woman. And then that black men have a tendency to choose our maleness or, or being men over uh, being black, right? So if we have uh, an idea of what we're gonna fight for that day and, and I, I guess the two options would be like, uh, I don't know, uh, the dismantling of rape culture in black communities or um what's the word i'm looking for the dismantling of rape actually that might be a bad example i can't think of an example y'all i'm sorry i see what you're saying i see what, that I might see what be a bad example um uh but yeah so we we choose that we choose our maleness over our blackness mm -hmm. uh however uh, and me and rakeem were talking about this like maybe a week ago um i think in terms of like just doing some personal introspection I think as black men, we can also ask ourselves, what point did we learn to speak up for ourselves as black people, right? Because I remember um, growing up here, right? Being in, in classrooms where like, for, like, a, like a, a small example, being in classrooms where we're reading Huckleberry Finn and someone, and like someone says nigger, like a white person is reading it out loud and decides that they're gonna say nigger that day, right? And all of the black guys in the classroom don't say anything. Right. Not not to say that that's an um, I mean, it's kind of an indictment, but it's not like a, a blanket indictment. I'm saying, are we taught to speak up for ourselves as black people or are we taught not to make a big deal out of things in certain settings? And I think a lot of times as black men, we're often taught to like kind of hold back. We're taught not to fight for our blackness. We're, we're just taught like to deal with our blackness and also try to make a come up in the midst of it. But and I think, think black women aren't taught that way. Hmm. I mean, well, I, I mean, I think historically, I feel like they have been, you know, even from like uh, straightening their hair and like, um, you know, the way they present themselves in the workplace. And, and that's changing, obviously, like, you know, um, but I think that black black women have done a, in a, what you're talking about. Correct me if you're wrong, is like that black men, um, you know, we bite our tongue in order to work within this, the current system to try to, you know, elevate ourselves that way. And black women are not taught that, you know. But, but I don't even know, that's a good point. I don't even know if it's about elevation though, because it's not necessarily that like, okay, the black kid in the back of the classroom who does not speak, is all of a sudden gonna be one of the like, I don't know, smarter kids in the classroom. It, it, and, and to be clear, that is not uh, like the, the, in the example that I'm using, it's not as if those black, young black men didn't talk at all, right? Like they they talked about other things or or they talked when they wanted to talk. It's just that when we had, like, let's say we have a conversation about racial issues, right? Let's say that like a conversation comes up about how black people are treated worse and you actively have 
uh, white men and white women saying things like, I mean, at the time that Obama was president, I remember being in class and, and them saying things like, um, he's a Muslim. Uh, he doesn't want what's good for all people. Uh, he just wants to be the president for all black people. Black people don't even really go through that much. All this type of stuff. Uh, when I think back for myself, who I often saw making like retorts to those things on behalf of black people, it was not black men. I mean, um, I, I push... When I have this conversation with other people, I, I, I want to know what y'all experiences are with that 100%. But when I have this conversation with other black men, that's not necessarily the case either. I mean, I, 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 I push back against that in my personal experience. Um, I... And, you know, this is for us college. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm, yeah. I'm removing us from this scenario. Right. Like I like I was taught to do that. But I noticed that the difference between me and other people that look like me, other black men in the classroom, is that they were not going to do that. It would be me and five black women. <laughs> or five black girls, I'm saying, in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem. And I do want to speak on that. I do want to speak on that. I feel like and I've always thought this way. I feel like as black men, the first thing we have to do is check ourselves. I feel like that's number one. We have to we have to understand what our goals are, what our missions are, why we're here. We have a lot to uphold. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of things to uphold historically. We have things we have to get in order. We have people we have to take care of, whether it's family, whether it's you know I mean people outside of our family, people rely on us for different things in different scenarios. Um, and I feel like a lot of times we neglect that responsibility. And I feel like that's where it starts. And what we have to understand is that black women are a part of that responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and the reason why I'm telling you this, so I'm gonna give y'all a quick story. Um, my mom and my dad end up separating, right? So, and I haven't told too many people this, but my mom ended up separating from my pops because she felt like he wasn't able to provide what she needed. Um, Mm-hmm. And his reason for the separation was because he had entrepreneurship goals that she wasn't supporting, right? So I say all that to say, as black men, we have to sit down and realize what our goals are. And we have to be able to articulate those visions. Um, me personally, I want to be honest with you, I'm really hard on black women. I mm-hmm. am. I'm really hard on black women. I'm not going to lie to you. And the reason why is because I expect a lot from them. And I'm, I expect a lot from them because I expect a lot from myself, Right. So you gotta realize as black men, we have mentors, we have our homies, and those are a few people that can check us as black men. Hobby can come to me and be like, Brandon, you may be tripping a little bit, da, 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 and I'll listen. Outside of him and outside of some of my mentors and some of my homies, black men can check me and talk to me if I really feel like they're genuine, but anybody outside of us can't check us besides black women. Those are the only those are the only people that can really check and be like, yo, like you're tripping, you're tweaking, you need to figure this out, you need to do this, that, and the fourth. So with that being said, you got to understand they are there for support and they're there to keep you on track when you get off track, right? So you have to expect a lot out of black women because they're the only ones that can get you back, you know what I mean, in focus when you're out of focus. Um, so with that being said, I feel like as black men, we have got to a point where we forget that and we forget that we have to check ourselves first. You know what I mean? We have to check ourselves first. We gotta be like, you know what? Maybe I need to be focused on this and not focused on that. Maybe I have other people that I need to take care of and I have other responsibilities. And I'm kind of caught up in this social media era or I'm caught up in this in this time where, you know, you gotta look good and you gotta do this. No, man, you, you really got people you gotta take care of. 
me for my me for example like you have a sister who goes to school and has tuition Mm-hmm. You have people in Africa that are really starving and, you know what I mean, they need a revenue stream. Just different stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We have to check ourselves first. And when we check ourselves, we also got to understand that you have to, in my experience, you have to keep your Black women in a position where they are very powerful and they can move and do what they got to do. And as a Black man, you have to understand exactly where you're going and your goals as a youth. And that's not just the black woman that you're in a relationship with. That's the black women that you associate with each and every day. And you have to make sure that everybody's moving towards certain goals. Because at this point in time, I saw something on Instagram and Facebook the other day. It says, we are the culture. We move and we drive the culture. Anything that we think is dope, we can bring to the market and it'll go off. More than like nine times out of 10, right? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. how is that? How are we the culture? But yet, we're representing other cultures. We're not representing black businesses. We're representing other businesses that are outside of our community. But yet, we're the one that fuel. We're the ones that fuel everything. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And 100%. as black men, I feel like your responsibility is to be like, all right, let's shift this a bit. And you gotta realize, if you have a vision, if you have a goal, if you know exactly where you're going as a black man, that black woman will come with you. She just needs reassurance. She needs to know that you know where you're going. She will allow you to lead, but you got to be able to lead and know where your vision is and know where you're going, bro. So that's why I say that we got to check ourselves first and be like, you know, where am I going? And the reason why I'm telling y'all this is because I had to do this over the past year. I said off of Instagram, I post like little birthday stuff, but I took a step back and it was like, all right, like we're doing all of this stuff, but where are we trying to go? What are we trying to do? Who do we have to provide for? And how are we going to grow different things to be able to bring our community together as a whole and be able to move? Mm-hmm. And is a, if as a Black man, you can't figure that part out, you need to take a step back and figure it out. And the reason why I'm telling you all this, and the reason why I feel this way is because was I, what, I, what Hobby said, Lord, after um, the Breonna Taylor incident, right? It doesn't make sense that Black men were saying what they said and kind of approaching the situation the way they did. It's all about your delivery. You can't deliver certain things like, that, especially when it comes to black women. You just can't do that. And as a man, you have to realize you can't do it. And we're reckless sometimes. We're really, really reckless. And we'll just say what's off the top of the dome. And then it's like, oh, well, I didn't mean it like that. Well, guess what? You should have thought about that before you said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what we got to do. And we don't do that. We don't think we just go. And that causes issues. So I feel like we got to take a step back and check ourselves sometimes. And when you check yourself, then you can be like, all right, well, I'm talking to a black woman. We're having conversations. All right, well, maybe you kind of out of line. Maybe we need to think about it this way. And da da da. You can't check anybody else. See, so you check yourself first, and you learn how to lead yourself. You feel me? If that yeah. makes sense. One hundred percent. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I feel y'all. Um, so one hundred percent. If if y'all who are listening, if y'all have an opinion, make sure that y'all you know drop a comment. Let us know what you think about the relationship between black men and black women. Um, currently, how do we fix it? Um, does you know? First, I guess does it need fixing? Um, I, I think everybody here is saying that they're definitely it definitely needs fixing. Um, how does how do we get to that? How do we get to that solution? You know, um, I think we as a people need to you know you have to acknowledge a problem first in order to solve it. Um, but once we acknowledge the problem, we really like I feel like we're missing the solution aspect of um, problem solving, right? Like 
Yeah, you have to identify the problem. You have to identify the question and all that. And then you identify the solution or potential solutions. Um, you know, what's going to happen if we do this? What's going to happen if we do that? So, you know, y'all let us know what y'all think. Um, next, um, hmm, I'm trying to... Uh, so because we're so, uh, you know, we're, we're focused on us as black men and like um, how we move, how we can grow, how we can become better. Um, I, I would just, this is just a, a really a curiosity question, um, but like, what, was there a moment when you felt like you became a man? And was that moment distinguishable from when you identified yourself as a black man? It was at it was at the same time. <laughs> 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 I, remember, I remember too. Okay, so middle school. This is my whole relationship with white people changed. Middle school, I was friends with this white girl, and I remember we were standing on front. Like, if you if, if you if you ever been to Columbus, there's a school called Richards, and there's this hill. And I gave her a hug, and her dad thought I kissed her, so he got out the car and walked up the hill. We're in middle school, so I'm like. He walks up the hill and just starts cussing me out. And I'm like, looking at him and you know, her face is all red and I'm looking around. No teacher say anything, no, nobody does anything. And he grabs her and walks out to the car. And at that point I was like, okay, white people are fucked. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> yo, like what just, I'm like, what just happened? And then my homies come around the corner like, yo, what the fuck just happened? Like we all grew up right then. It was always just, it was all just like, all right, like this. This is the reality. Life's gonna be different. Like, that was wild. Like I was like, I, to this day, I will never forget that. What was you saying, Kern? Nah, I was saying just that 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 realization that life is different, right? Uh, yeah. I think uh, no. For people that don't know, Rakim is my brother. So we we actually grew up uh, for some formative years in uh, Germany. Uh, and so, uh, not to say that racism in Europe doesn't exist, but there's a different, there's just a different dynamic. High goes about it, super different. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a different dynamic, right? So uh, we we had a different relationship with white people until we came back here. Uh, and when you get, when we got back here, it was interesting. I mean, it's just, uh, you realize, I mean, and, and to be clear, I did have interactions. I guess I should back up. I had interactions. I, I remember one time when um, when I was, when we were in Germany, I remember I got into a fight one time because this, this little kid was, was racist. I remember one of my coaches had told me that um, like, uh, like one of the, uh, I was on the golf team my eighth grade year. Um, it, that was the only year that ever happened. Yeah, I'm um, learning something new about you. Yeah, that was the only <laughs> year that ever happened. But I uh, went to a little golf meet, and I remember, um, and the crazy part about this, y'all, I didn't realize how detrimental this was until years later, like uh, maybe like a year ago, right? Um, and uh, eighth grade, I think I was like 12. Um, I'm 20, I'm 27. So uh, it took 15 years for me to realize that this was the problem. <laughs> but, uh, I was golfing. This white kid had come up to me. I, I guess he thought we were making a lot of noise, and he told me to shut up. And I was like, I don't know who you think you're talking to. And then he was like, man, we used to whip y'all when y'all didn't do what we said or something like that. Uh, he was a little high schooler. Oh, wow. And yeah, wow. and I remember, you know, I threatened to fight him. It was a whole thing. He didn't do nothing. He wasn't about it. 
but he went back and then one of the other kid, white kids that was with me was like, hey, uh, you should have just listened to him. And I was like, nah. And I like, I'm a kid, bro. I remember I said people that look like him think that they can tell people that look like me what to do, but they can't. I remember I said that at, at the time. I didn't really understand. Like, I was just like, nah, he can't do that. Uh, and I remember I got on the bus to go back to school. And then the coach told me, uh, you need to stop being so obsessed with race. Racism isn't a problem anymore. Uh, so uh, if he told is, you to be. This was in be, Germany? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. If he be quiet, it was because you were too loud. It's not because um, it's not because you're black. Uh, and then I told him the whip thing. And he said he was probably just making a joke. Right. That's not funny. I realized this was detrimental lash. I wish I was playing with y'all. I was just sitting there and I was like, oh, shit, that was racist. <laughs> like, you know, like uh, how that went down. That uh, but, stop. Like, in, even in Alabama, that's how they operate with like, like shit like that. That's, that's, I, like, uh, you remember that joke that was like, why black people were scared of chainsaws and like, Cause it says run nigga 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 like so this was like when i was in alabama they used to talk, say that shit all the time and like i it used to blow my mind and they'd be like god oh, no it's just a joke and i'm like that's how <laughs> like how is that how is that a joke <laughs> I don't yeah. That's um, yeah but as far as the first moment yeah. uh where I, like hey my, my my perceived race might be an issue i think it's very similar to rakeem's actually um I was I wasn't there that day. I think we might have had a game or something, uh, but uh, I had uh, made out with this white girl, uh, and then her dad came to the school the next day, like looking for me. Um, I'm talking about like walking around campus, asking people if they knew who I was. Um, and he had be escorted off the premises, uh, so they had to like let me know that that happened and let let my folks know that that happened, and. Um, it was like, okay, well, they might not be available. Those white women <laughs> might have to, might not have to go there. Uh, so yeah, that that was like the wake up call for me. That's so for me. Um, I was a very like, I don't, I want to say like naive, but I was like a real happy go lucky kid. You know, like I was just like, hey, everything's great. Um, and it's funny because my parents they tell me this story all the time. But there, there was a day that they brought me home from daycare. I was like four or five. And um, like I, I was talking about this boy that had did something. And I was like, yeah, the white boy had, you know, did some or took my toy or something like the white boy had done this. And they were like, oh, shit, you know, the racial like dynamic has been introduced at, you know, three or four years old. <laughs> and then and then like a couple of days later, I was like, hey, um, can I get the shoes like the blue boy? And they realized that I was talking about the color of the little kids' shirts, right? So it was just like that that that's just to show you like when I was a kid, I was like noticed. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, blue, blue shirt, white shirt, that's what y'all are, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I remember I distinctly remember the first moment that like I started thinking about um, you know, like why black people had to do certain stuff. Um, and it was I was walking somewhere with my dad and a white man was walking the opposite way of us on the sidewalk. And like I said, I was always a very nice kid, all yaddy. So I just like, when he was coming, I just got out his way. Cause we were, you know, we were two, two people wide and he was coming and I knew that he was gonna, you know, walk past us. So I stepped off the sidewalk to let him go by. And after I went, after he went past, my dad was like, 
don't you ever step off the sidewalk for a white man. Like, you know, don't don't ever step in the grass for a white man. I like that. That's yeah. my guy. <laughs> no, like he was just like, he was like, we don't do that. And I was like, okay. You know, like I really didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't understand like, you know, why, like why that was a thing or, or I was just like, all right, dad said not to do that. So I guess I'm gonna bump into that nigga. Do I don't know, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm not gonna do that shit. Um, <laughs> That's funny. And then, um, and then, kind of like what Kermit said, though. I remember there was another time when I was like, I was in maybe second grade or third grade, and some white kid told me that I had a big nose. And so, literally, up until like probably like sophomore year of college. I thought that my nose was like abnormal. Like even for a black person, I thought my nose was like yeah. abnormally big and like disproportionate. Bro, my nose is very, very proportional to the rest of my face. Like, yeah, one hundred. <laughs> like it's not that. Like it's not even a big nose for like it's just not a big. It's a normal nose. Um, but like I thought, I thought that that sh- like I thought that I my nose was abnormally shaped because mm-hmm. of what that kid said. And I had a realization sophomore year of college. I was like, yo, that little white boy. Nigga, racist against myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm like, I need to find that nigga. Let him know that shit's not okay. That's funny. Um, it was it was my lips for me, bro. This little white girl told me I had big lips, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> walk around like mm. I'm not to smile too wide. Never <laughs> no. white person made me That's feel funny way like about physically about myself. But you said you yeah. never did. Yeah, what? No, I've never had a white person make me feel like. Physically, like, like it's something like my nose is too big or anything. Mm-hmm. I've never had that experience. Yeah. I, I remember that conversation was kind of different, though. I remember that conversation as I had heard before that black people have big lips and big noses. Mm-hmm. And I think we were all sitting around, and then somebody was like, they were just talking about it. And then somebody was like, Yeah, Kermit got uh, big lips. Uh, and the little white girl was like, yeah, Kermit, yeah, you definitely got big And I was like, are you sure? I got big <laughs> I don't want to be a nigger. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't. Like, She's the, like, the first time I even heard like, like the whole like facial features was Disney. Like the old, like, mm-hmm. like movies. That was the first, that's when I was like, oh, so they like made fun of all like, that was like my realization. That's, that's when I found out, but I've never had like, a white person be like, yeah, you got a fat nose. I- <laughs> I, I I know that's interesting because uh, I, I, I know Brandon's about to go, but I do I do want to know that question just like as a fun little get up. When did y'all realize that was racist? Like the, growing the up watching, yeah, watching little cartoons and being like, oh, this is funny. When did y'all realize that that was a problem? I'm not going to lie. On Dragon Ball Z, there's a character named Mr. Bobo. And I always thought that that shit was weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yo, why is that nigga that black? And why is his lips like pink and big as shit like i was like yeah. that look racist um and like like i said my like my my dad my grandma was uh my dad's mom was very very afrocentric so like whenever on christmas i was getting you know malcolm x books and little martin luther king kid books and stuff so like i was introduced to like the ideas of stuff i just didn't understand the gravity of of it all until you know like eighth grade i i, I like I actually think she was like my first official girlfriend. We dated for like two weeks and we, I really don't even think we ever kissed, but um, we dated for two weeks. She was a white girl. And I remember I told my mom and she cried. And <laughs> oh, shit. bro, I was like, I don't, I don't, 
I don't understand what I did wrong. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it. Um, but how you know, parents are the realest, bro. <laughs> no, like they was like she was just like you know you. There ain't not one black one like black girl in the school that you could have found to be your girlfriend. You know, like it's just like that kind of idea. And like th- that's when I thought about it, and I was like, damn, maybe that is fucked up. You know, like maybe 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 that is something I shouldn't be doing. Like it was just like that. That's when I really started. That, and I guess I was old enough to like conceptualize it and process it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, my parents was very young. I was watching Roots at like three. I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. I was just scared the whole time. Here's the crazy thing. 100%. I like, I, I was never shied away from those experiences. I like watched all the slavery movies, read books about slavery, stuff like that. I, there was just this type of disconnect to where like that was then, this is now. Mm-hmm. And now uh, if my name is Toby, it's Toby. And if it's Kunta Kente, it's Kunta Kente. Like I don't have to worry about stuff like that. Uh, but apparently not. But I'm sorry, Brandon. Go ahead. So, um, I have a lot to I have a lot to say because y'all hit a lot of points. So, first off, my grandmother, both my grandmothers are the same way. Um, if you bring, if you bring a young lady that's Caucasian home, they gonna say some shit. They be like, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? <laughs> that's not. Nah, we don't do that. We give everything within our culture. Our, that's how they are and um they're just they're not really um they're not passive (laughs) they don't regulate what they say they just kind of go so that's the first thing as far as the manhood aspect that we were discussing um you may think this is kind of weird but and i was a kid i was really young i realized so first of all my realization into manhood was at a really really young age and realizing i was a black male was older. So I first realized that I was a man at like seven years old, bro. And I'm gonna tell you what happened. I'm gonna tell you why. My father is really, really aggressive. Um, by my childhood, I see my father fight. I see him cuss people out. I see him smack somebody. I got, like, he's kind of, he, he, he's really wild. Um, so I played football. I started playing football when I was like five years old, bro. Um, and I never forget, I went out on the field and I was really good. I was really nice. I was fast. I was quick. Da, 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 da. And I had been playing for about a year now. And it was the first time that I got hit. I came around the corner. I got hit. Never forget that. Shit. Boom! <laughs> and bro, I was, bro, I, when I say I was tore up, bro, like my chin strap came off. I had <laughs> blood all on my helmet. Like I was really like, I was really fucked up. <laughs> so I came back to the sideline. They called a time. He was like, yo, you good? I said, he, 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 he knocked my chin strap off. He was like, what? He was like, well, buckle it back up. <laughs> he said, now calm down. Are you fine? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. He was like, all right, take a break. Get some water. Next play, you out on the field. <laughs> you mm-hmm. right. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with you. There's literally nothing wrong with you. Your feelings just hurt. Get back on the field. That was when I realized, like, yo, like, all right, this is what it, this is what being a man is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You go through pain, you go through trials and tribulation. You may get knocked in the mouth, but you gotta bounce back. All right, get you some water, figure it out, and then go back out in the field, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and as I kept growing and playing ball, 
um, inside and out of school, that was kind of how I approached life. That's how I approached, you know what I mean, the field. That's how I approached like my grades in school. Um, you know what I mean? Like I would always strive for perfection. If I didn't do well or if I didn't get something right or, you know what I mean, if I got a bad grade or I fought a lot in school as well. I'll be honest with you. I fought in like first grade, third grade, fourth grade, sixth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade. Like I, I, like I fought a lot. <laughs> Every other um, year. <laughs> but you know, it got to a point where it was like, all right, yo, we had we had a little setback, but now bounce back. But I was a really good kid, though. Like, bro, it was never like me. It was always somebody else. And yeah. I wasn't taking no shit. Not like me, bro. <laughs> um, so that was really the problem. So that was kind of my introduction. It was really early. It was like, yo, like, this is how we this is how we work. Like, we may get knocked down, we may get pushed back, but we always bounce back. And that was that was taught to me at six years old by somebody else I didn't know because they hit me in the mouth and made me cry. So that was a, that was the first lesson. I realized I was a black man and that the world was different my freshman year of college. Um, now, mind you, in high school, you know, my school is mixed. It's white and black. You know what I mean? It's, it's heavy in both. You know what I mean? Um, and all of the white kids where I'm from, like, they cool. They good people. Like, I, like I really bangs with them. And I still do, yo. Like, I, um, football, school, like, I, they're just good people. And I understand that we're different culturally. I understand that we have different preferences, should I say, at that point in my life. But, you know, the blatant, the blatant shift in race or, you know, what I mean, the I guess the tie or the lack thereof is um, it's not as obvious. Right. When I went to college, it was really different. My freshman year. So hobby was a year under. me, Right. So my uh-huh. freshman year, he's not here yet. My freshman year, he's not here yet. And my school is like, I think, what's hot? What's Lehigh Hobby? Like 3% black, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, like it's, it's 5% minorities. And then, like, of that 5%, like, 40 Bro, it's more black. Asians than it is black people. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So, with that being said, like, I'm coming from a high school where, you know what I mean? Like, I'm around my homies and my niggas all the time. So, I go to Lehigh and I have friends that are white and black. Well, I have a few black friends, like three or four. Um, and but there are black people who play basketball, run track, play football. Um, but it's a majority white people, right? So um my freshman year, I realized that a lot of the black people that I know ain't black people. <laughs> uh. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the black people, like culturally the way I am, the way we are right now. They just can't relate to certain topics and things that I say and how I move. And something's off to me, bro. I don't know what it is. I'm like, okay, so I understand why I don't get along with them. But I don't understand why I don't get along with these people. And not even, not even that I don't get along, but it's not, it's not authentic. Like it's not natural. Like I can't just, I can't just flow with it like this. I can't just talk to them about anything. Like, you know what I mean? Everything is 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 something. Like it just does not yeah. feel right. That's uh-huh. when I realized like culturally and you know what I mean? As far as physically, skin color, I'm just different. And I didn't realize what it was until my sophomore year when Hobby and my man's Reimer, who's from the Bronx, and Harrison, who's from Florida, when they all came up, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what it is. Like, you know what I mean? And it gets to a point where you realize, like, it's not just, it's not just white people that are different. Some, some black people who were consistently raised around Caucasians their whole lives and have that privilege and are sent to those schools that are privileged, they even have those tendencies. 
And it's not just a physical appearance thing. It's the way you talk. It's the way you move. It's the way you handle situations. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, for example, if we all are in an argument with a bunch of people, all right, and those people are white, y'all could be wrong. Y'all could be dead wrong about the argument. Like, there could be no point of your argument that is correct. But oh, guess what? When I'm with y'all, y'all are right. <laughs> like, y'all are right. <laughs> Period. They're right. Now, mm-hmm. afterwards, when we go to wherever we go, I'd be like, yo, like, y'all could, like, y'all know y'all are really wrong, right? I could have, we could have handled it different. But, you know what I mean? Like, when we're together, y'all are right. Mm-hmm. That, for example. But when I went to school, it was certain things that may have happened. It's just like, yo, like, you just didn't have, you just didn't have my back in this situation at all. You look like me. So, mm-hmm. Like, where's the disconnect? Like, were you not raised this way? Is that something off? Is that I don't get it? You know what I mean? And not necessarily that I was wrong, but they just didn't didn't agree with my point of view. Yeah. Um. So once again, man, that's something that I experienced as a black male when I got to college, my freshman year specifically. And that's when I realized, yo, like I'm really different than a lot of the other people that are around. And I didn't realize what it was. I thought I thought it was just me. Like I was just off. And then my sophomore year, when my homies came around that I'm friends with now after school, it's like, okay, like that's a cultural thing. You know what I mean? That's a race and a color and a physical appearance thing, but that's actually like a deep embedded cultural thing that you were taught when you were raised up that some people did not have because they were not in those environments. And that's what makes you and other black people different from a lot of the white people that are out. Here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, and, you know, and, and just to, just to like, um, I guess compliment or add to Leek's story. Like there were, there were in my four years at Lehigh, I believe there are two or three like really, really wild ass incidents of racism, like just blatant wild, like um, was it my, I think it was my freshman year when mm-hmm. some white people left a deer head on the, the front steps of the black housing. Like there was an Emoja house where the black kids could stay and somebody put a deer head outside of it. And then I know my senior year, a little. And they spray painted the joint too. They, they spray painted it with like nigger and stuff and racial, mm-hmm. racial epithets and all that. Um, and you know there was there was a, a lot of black outrage. Lehigh sent an email saying we don't believe in that. And then literally like a week later, shit was just back to you know back to push. normal. Um, <laughs> and and I remember my senior year, my senior year, I like I was I, I was thinking back to my freshman year incident when not much happened. Um, when there was a, a, a Asian kid who was living with a black kid in one of these creative houses or whatever, and he legitimately had been poisoning this this kid. He he was a chemi- a chemical a chemistry major or some shit like that. He had been dropping like little bits of poison into the black dude's food for like months, and he like ended up like ripping his bed and like writing nigger all over his stuff. And when I tell you uh, the the kid, the the black guy who he did that to, he's literally like one of the least problematic. Like he don't do shit to nobody. He like he he recites poetry. He like would he would go to like um, the the little nights at the open mics. Yeah, open mics and like be rapping and stuff. Like he was just a very genuine good dude. And this Asian like this Asian dude was poisoning him like he got arrested for it and went to jail and we organized a march and like we had the black people on campus and black faculty on campus show up and in the middle of campus and I remember there was a white kid on the football team he was you know supposed to be you know like football they preach brotherhood and all this family and all that shit and a white kid on the football team 
I remember I saw him walk by the march. He looked at it, laughed, and like, like laughed like he did. Like I just saw it in his face. He, he was he he laughed like he didn't understand why we were like out okay. there. Like why? Like he was like he was like you know like. Mm-hmm. And I saw and I was like, I had had conversations. This dude had I had given him rides across the mountain home from practice. <laughs> And he would be listening to our music, rap, you know, singing along to the songs, all this shit. And when a dude was getting poisoned for three months, he didn't think, let me stand here and like support my bro, you know, at least me, you know, like, let me, that's Hob up there on the stage. Let me stand here and support Hob. No, he didn't think, he didn't think even that. He laughed and kept it pushing. And white people lived all, that was like, maybe I'll say like, I'll be generous and say 15 white people in the crowd. And this is the problem too. And you know what? This is part of the reason why, why I reacted to certain things the way I did. And I'll give you an example. When the shit happened with the Emoja house where they spray painted nigger on them, right? But the deer head spray painted the side of the house. Like, like and they spray painted it nigger, N-I-G-G-E-R. I think they had an exclamation, exclamation mark too. Um, but spray painted it. And, you know, of course, we were outraged. They had marches. They had different speeches on campus. But when I went to class, it wasn't mentioned. When I went to football practice, it wasn't mentioned. They never brought it up, bro. They never. And I never understood that. Mind you, you have a football team. Well, a lot of these black kids are nice. (laughs) I mean, and we understand what's going on as well. And and Hobby knows, like, we had it. Well, we had it. This is kind of also, we had an incident with the football team um, where the coaches weren't around and certain things. And I went off. I snapped. I completely, I completely tweet. Um, but I say all that to say, like, we preach all of this stuff. But when we have problems in our community that need to be addressed, nobody addresses it. Nobody addresses it. So you have the white kids that are spray painting the house, right? You have the teachers that aren't saying anything about it, that aren't bringing it up. And you have the coaches and the white football players that aren't saying anything about it or, you know what I mean, kind of even acknowledging what happened. So as a black male in my eyes, all y'all on the same team. Right? Mm. All, all three of y'all are together. All three entities are together. None of y'all mm. want to say anything. And the purpose of y'all not saying anything is to keep the order. It's to keep the order. So... With me being, I'm a bit radical. So it's me being a black man in my position. My job is to fuck all that shit up. All right. If y'all don't want to, if y'all don't want to say nothing, then I'm gonna say something, and we're gonna see where everybody's at. You know what I mean? Because that doesn't make sense to me, and that's one of the huge problems that we have is that things happen, and everybody wants to just let's get over it, and then let's, let's just move on. No, no, no. Let's fix it, and then we'll figure out how we need to move forward so it doesn't happen again. We're not just going to get over it and move on because you know what? If you want to just get over it and move on, I ain't going to act right. Oh, I'm going to bring it up all the time. And I'm going to make sure you know why, why I'm having issues and I'm going to bring that up. So um, I say all that to say when things like that happen, white people tend to ignore it or think that it's not a big deal. And mind you, I do not want to cluster them in a whole group because you know what? I got some white friends that I'm really good with that are really like 
they want to understand the problem and understand the issue and they want to help as much as they can. You know what I mean? And they're out there in the march. And, that, and don't get me wrong, like some black people will say, well, they don't really know, you know what I mean, what they're marching for. Yeah, I understand it. I understand it. But at the same time, like they're there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you're there, I can appreciate that. You know what I mean? At least a little bit. But, you know, I'd rather have you here and you saying something or you trying to understand it as opposed to you ignoring it and just letting it go and then thinking that it's all good. And at Lehigh, that's what I saw. So they had problems with me a lot of times because I went that right, bro. I went that right. If I feel like doing some shit, I'm going to do it. If I don't feel like doing it, then guess what? Guess I ain't going to be there. I ain't going to show up because at the end of the day, when it's time for you to stand up for me, you don't show up. So, you know what I mean? Once again, yeah. man, it's just, it's just one of those things that we dealt with. It's just one of those things that we dealt with. And you have to understand that you are different. You know what I mean? In several ways. It's not just your skin color. It's the way you handle situations, the way you talk to people, the way you move. It's all of that. You feel me? So um, that's my kind of two cents on that situation up at school. You feel me? So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, not to end it on a... <laughs> Um, uh, that, I think that was a good a good note to close out um, that conversation. And I uh, look, I think we're actually pushing up on time here. So, um, what time are we looking at? Um, it's four. Um, so we're hour and hour and some change in. Um, what, time to, what time are you trying to close it down? Right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. Yeah. I, was, I mean, niggas are trash, but I yeah, no, nah, I mean, we 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 had a lot of topics that we was trying to touch on today. Um, but, and we're and we're definitely gonna be doing a lot more of this going forward. So hopefully, you know, Brandon and Kim, y'all will, you know, be back um, and be a part of these conversations going forward. Um, because they, I think these are conversations that we need to have. We got to flesh out, you know, where where our mind, where our heads are, what led our heads to be here, and how we get our heads to where we want them to be, right? Um, mm -hmm. And that's what these conversations are about. Um, and so, one, I appreciate you, Brandon. I appreciate you, Akeem, for you know joining us today. Um, we hope y'all, you know, y'all enjoyed the conversation, brought something, took something from it, or whatever. Um, we, you know, we definitely appreciate y'all being here and, um, to the people listening, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, as always, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all are, y'all aren't the reason that we're doing it. We're doing it because we want people to hear our perspective. We want to introduce people to new perspectives that they haven't necessarily, um, gotten. Reason, huh? <laughs> you said that you said they're not the reason, and then told them why they're the reason. Bro, I mean, I, why are you interrupting <laughs> my flow? Bro? Like, do, do you want to close it out? Damn, like, <laughs> like y'all aren't the reason, but we want to educate y'all and and do the stuff. Um, but yeah, no, nah, go ahead, bro. My fault. So I get y'all are the reason. Yes, sir. Y'all, y'all are the reason that we do this. Um, yeah. I don't want to make y'all feel less important than you are. Y'all are very important. And we definitely wouldn't be doing this if we didn't have no viewers. So um, we appreciate y'all. Um, long story short, uh, make sure that if y'all enjoyed this episode, if y'all enjoy this kind of content, we're definitely going to be pushing out more. Um, I believe our next episode is going to be this kind of thing, but with Black women. Um, and so, you know, make sure y'all tune in for that. That's going to be released in a couple of weeks. Um, but if y'all like this stuff, make sure that y'all are liking, following this 
podcast, sharing, following the um, Facebook page, sharing the podcast with your friends, um, all that fantastic stuff. Um, 2021 is going to be a big year for us. Um, Kerm, do you got anything to add? Because no, man, you hit everything. You hit you hit the nail on the head. I appreciate. I didn't. I didn't mess up. I didn't mess up anything else. Everything everything was to your liking. Oh no, man, you didn't mess up the first time. I was just. Uh, I just figured I wanted to make myself heard. No, oh, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Um, but to close out, I would like y'all to stay woke. Stay restless. Be easy.